This is The Guardian. Today, the junior doctor strike is over. For now. Where do they go from here? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. What do you want? Junior doctors across England and Wales have been striking on and off for months. Staff across the NHS, including nurses and radiographers, are locked in pay disputes with the government. But the six-day walkout by junior doctors in the last week was the longest continuous strike in the NHS's history. It's still not too late. The Secretary of State or anyone from the government could still come to us today. And if that offer is credible and if we can resume talks and build on that credible offer, then we can stop our strike action for the rest of this week. The medical training to become a doctor takes years. And they say the cost can be crippling. So my student debt is over 100000 at the moment. And the amount of money that I'm paying doesn't even cover the interest for the year. I am on track to pay off the debt, but actually with the interest that I'll accrue for the £100,000 debt that I have at the moment, I'll be paying over 250000 back. These doctors argue that they're being paid just £15 an hour in some cases, and they demand a 35% pay increase. So far, the government refuses to give in. The NHS belongs to us all. It doesn't just belong to the Junior Doctors' Committee. In the meantime, hospitals have struggled to cope and patients have borne the brunt. Queen Alexandra at Kosham declared a critical incident yesterday. Critical incidents have been declared by the NHS in Nottinghamshire and at a hospital in Portsmouth, while others have said they are under extreme pressure. But with more strikes promised, what will happen to the National Health Service? From The Guardian, I'm Nasheen Iqbal. Today in Focus, the junior doctors versus the government. Dr. Sumi Manarajan, you're Deputy Co-Chair of the British Medical Association UK Doctors' Committee and you work in A&E at London Hospital. Can you describe what it's like for you day to day? You know, you're running from patient to patient. So I've done jobs where I've seen 20 patients overnight and you need to assess all of these patients because you need to see whether these patients need to be sent to theatre, whether they need urgent intervention and you just feel like you're running around firefighting and it's not you're not really making anyone better. These patients are still in pain, they're still deteriorating. You're just trying to get them through to the morning where they're either going to be operated on or a decision is going to be made. And how much do you worry that you're not able to do a good job? All the time. So, you, you know, there's been times where I've finished a shift and because I haven't had the time in between patients to think about the decisions I've made or I haven't been able to revisit a patient later on, you go home thinking, gosh how are my patients doing? And it's impossible to go to sleep because you're laying in bed thinking about, oh, one, two, three, have I done this and this and this for this patient? 
at the end of my second year of practicing. I felt so burnt out. I felt like I couldn't carry on. I was questioning whether this was the role for me. You get to a point where you think, gosh, I'm not providing the care that I want to. I'm not providing the care that I've been trained to. And I'm sort of acting as a plaster on this broken system. Dr Sumi, do you mind me asking, how much do you get paid? Yeah, sure. So we don't work 36 hour weeks. We work 40 hour weeks. So this annual salary takes into account that 40 hours. So my first year in F1, I was paid around 28,000. That's now come up to 33,000. And when I'll be doing my SD1 job, I'll be paid 43,000 in April. But that's a huge responsibility that I'll be taking on for that amount of money. So I may be in theatre delivering babies. I'll be looking after women who come in overnight that have problems with their pregnancies. And the amount of money that I'll be paid per hour, which is £21, doesn't really reflect that. Dennis Campbell, you're The Guardian's health policy editor. We've just seen the longest continuous strike in the history of the NHS. Has it worked? So many, many thousands of junior doctors in England have staged, as you say, the longest strike ever in NHS history by any staff group. The 10th period of industrial action junior doctors in England have taken since March of last year. So they are all, by choosing to strike for any or all of the six days, they're losing a day's pay every time. They get a small amount of strike pay from the BMA, their union, but they're all losing money. Actually, their engagement, their determination to continue this strike is holding up pretty well. But what is the position of the doctors now? And where does the government stand? And has anything changed over the last week? For 18 months now, the junior doctors in England have been trying to get a pay rise of 35%. They say that that's because junior doctors' pay has been eroded in real terms since 2008-9 by 26% and therefore to get what they call full pay restoration involves a pay rise now of 35%. An extra 3% on top of the average of nearly 9% received last year was being discussed before talks broke down. Obviously, understandably, given groups of workers don't normally seek such an eye-wateringly large sum, and given the state of the public finances, that demand for 35% has attracted a lot of criticism. It's very disappointing that the junior doctors have uh, rejected the offer. Uh, As you've made the point, we have now reached resolution with every other part of the public sector and every other part of the NHS. Prime Ministers, government ministers have criticised it as unreasonable, unrealistic, uh, sort of slightly la-la land stuff. The British Medical Association, its junior doctors committee, point out that first of all, even if they get 35% of that, would simply be sort of catching up on where they used to be. But we have seen over the last week, the British Medical Association, you know, in the face of sustained criticism from the government and large parts of the media, etc., sort of trying to sort of recalibrate their message by saying, we still want 35%, but we would take that staged over a number of years. So the doctors aren't asking for a 35% pay increase in a single whack. They recognise it will take a number of years to restore their salaries as they see it. But Dennis, what about the impact of the strikes now? I mean, how has it looked for the NHS in the last week? Before this six-day strike, NHS leaders, people who run hospitals, were expressing, I think, probably unprecedented alarm about the duration of the strike and the timing of the strike. It was deliberately planned by the BMA to coincide with what's usually the toughest week of the year. The start of January, the brunt of winter biting and GP surgeries being closed and people needing care somewhere. 
Like many hospitals across the country, especially at times of industrial action with our junior doctor strikes, our emergency department and hospital is extremely busy at the moment. And I'm asking you to try and help us at this time. Actually, the, the, from everything we know so far, the NHS has coped surprisingly well, but at a cost to consultant doctors and others having to rearrange their holidays, work extra shifts, work particularly the sort of more antisocial shifts that junior doctors work. I know certainly spoke to one doctor who had to give up his holiday abroad uh, this time of year to come back and do some extra shifts to cover for the junior doctors. So one other thing that is changing is that consultants now on their 10th round of covering for the junior colleagues who are on strike, their patience is definitely wearing thin. And obviously data for the last seven days is, is not immediately apparent, but do you think there will be knock-on effects in the weeks and months to come of this last strike? Most definitely. The last three-day junior doctor strike in England resulted in more than 80,000 operations and appointments being cancelled and rescheduled. And that figure this time is set to be much higher. Professor Sir Stephen Powers, he's the medical director of the NHS in England, he has already said publicly it will take months for the service to recover because if you have ballpark figure 200,000 appointments and operations cancelled, you have to go through all of the administrative rigmarole of rearranging them all on top of what we already know is a very pressurised NHS system with not many slots to get people in for. What's the impact been for you and your colleagues of the six days of, in that, of action? Good morning. Good morning, Nick. I mean, there's no doubt that the impact on patients is, is absolutely huge. The hundreds uh, of uh, operations that we've had to cancel, the thousands across the three hospitals I'm responsible for of outpatients. This month is particularly tough because there are uh, all the normal winter illnesses around, COVID, flu, norovirus, etc. They affect staff as well. Staff are not magically immune from this. So the NHS is having its most pressurised time of the year right now as we speak, and therefore the prospect of getting people back in for their appointments of any sort. The prospect of the NHS recovery from this strike taking months is very real. So although we will maintain emergency services, we, we can assure people that if they require urgent care, uh, maternity, A&E, ITU, etc., the care will be safe. This has absolutely decimated our, our plans to, to attack the, the long waiting times. In last Sunday's edition of The Observer, Richard Mitchell, he's the chief executive of the main acute hospital trust in Leicester, one of the biggest in the country. He said, I've worked in the NHS for 22 years and have been a chief executive for over six years now. The last month has been one of the most challenging of my working life. So people like him have the job of, with already really tight schedules for everything, now fitting in thousands and thousands and thousands of more of rearranged appointments, rearranged operations. And I've had picked up some anecdotal reports of hospital managers whose job it is to arrange all of the appointments and operations, basically quitting in disgust because they're just fed up, quitting in frustration because they're fed up with month after month after month. And we've now had 13 months of strike action by different groups of NHS staff. Every time there's a knock-on effect on the normal operation of the hospital, normal functioning of the hospital, there are stories have been emerging of patients, including cancer patients and others, having a much-needed procedure postponed a number of times as a direct result of strike action. So the strike action affects real people in the real world quite a lot of the time. Andy is in constant pain, blind in his left eye and losing vision in his right. Nine operations for his sight and other health issues have been cancelled. One due on Wednesday might have changed his life. 
it broke my heart. It broke my Christmas spirit. I didn't bother with Christmas. I didn't want to. I didn't put no Christmas decorations up. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't even. Have, I didn't even cook myself a Christmas dinner. I had a microwave meal. Dr. Sumi, as deputy co-chair of the BMA's UK Doctors Committee, you're very involved in strike action. How do you feel about your duty to patients and about potentially adding pressure to waiting lists and risking people's lives? In terms of the strike days themselves, we make sure that we have adequate cover. So we have consultants, we have SAS doctors that step down to cover our work. On top of that, we also have regular meetings with NHS England where we discuss any safety issues that may have cropped up. If there are any safety concerns that are raised, we can address them. So I don't have any concerns regarding the safety aspect. Unfortunately, there are patients that are missing out on their appointments because they need to be rescheduled. And I'm really apologetic for this. I think it's really difficult waiting a long period of time for an appointment, for it to be just pulled out from under you and told, OK, sorry, the strike's on and your appointment's being cancelled. But a, in the grand scheme of things, it's easy to see that it's the gift of the government to put an end to these strikes by coming to the table. And we've always said, you know, we are willing to talk regardless of whether we've got strikes on the table or not. But it's the government that refuses to talk to us whilst strikes are ongoing. I've said throughout this that, please, to the, to the Junior Doctors Committee, the moment you call off these strikes, I'll get back round the table with you within 20 minutes. It's just we have to have the strikes called off. How tense are things behind the scenes? Because I've read news that the NHS is now saying that they're going to collect data to see whether the strikes have had impact on waiting times on patients' health outcomes. How do you feel about that? So we know there isn't an impact on waiting times. We know this because there was a recent study that was published in the European Journal of Emergency Medicine that looked specifically at waiting times and if the industrial action had an impact on that. And actually it didn't, the waiting times didn't go up. How do you explain that? It seems like they would, logically. So because we're not at work and those shifts that we would be then covering are covered by consultants and SAS doctors. These are experts in their field. For example, if a patient comes in with abdominal pain and needs to be seen by one of the general surgical doctors, usually that may be me that sees them before uh, a general surgical doctor comes down to review them, but they can be fast-tracked through and seen by a general surgical consultant. That means that patient hasn't waited to see an A&E doctor or a general surgical junior doctor before being seen by a consultant. So things are actually sped up in that process. Okay and what about the strain on those colleagues and your relationships with them like going back to work now you know what's the relationship like with those consultants with those other doctors with nurses with other people who say they're picking up the slack? So with consultants I've seen that actually a lot of the consultants that I've worked with are generally supportive they understand that things aren't the same as it was when they were practicing as a junior doctor usually when they were practicing as a junior doctor many years ago they had free accommodation they didn't have to pay out of pocket for rent they had food in the canteens that they didn't need to pay for. They didn't have to pay for tuition fees, whereas we're paying over 9000 a year for five years. They understand that we're not working in the same NHS and we've got patients that are sicker than ever before. They've got multiple issues, whereas before things were different and the type of medicine that was practised was different too. So the sort of stresses that we have in modern day NHS is very different. Of course, junior doctors were all supposed to be on strike last week, but some of them were actually called back into work and some of them did actually go back in. Dennis, can you tell us what happened? So the very worrying new development with the strike over the last week is that until now, throughout the previous nine periods of strike action, the NHS had been publicly neutral and privately very supportive of 
doctors, consultant doctors and, and also junior doctors taking strike action and they couch that in the language of we understand why they're doing this. They're very aware of the effect on morale and staffing and recruitment and retention whenever staff feel that they're not paid well enough. That sort of informal concordat broke down last week in pretty spectacular fashion. There has been a, a system in place for m- most of these, the junior doctor strikes now where basically an agreed protocol between the British Medical Association and NHS England whereby a hospital or hospital trust can request of the BMA that they actually allow some junior doctors to come back into the hospital to staff, for example, the NE department or the acute medical unit because they say patient safety will be under threat unless you agree to that. Junior doctors have become embroiled in a row with hospital bosses who have pleaded with them to leave the picket lines and return to work. What happened last week was that about 25 hospital trusts across England submitted these requests, recall requests as they're called, to the BMA. The BMA knocked back almost all of them because they said, in effect, these are spurious or unnecessary requests because under the terms of the agreement, NHS England and all NHS trusts have to have exhausted all other avenues before they ask for the recall of junior doctors who are otherwise on strike. Well, Lewisham's one of 20 hospitals that has submitted a request for junior doctors to come back to work. It's had that request rejected by the British Medical Association. That led to basically a war of words breaking out last week between the head of the BMA and Amanda Pritchard, the head of NHS England. A clear breakdown of trust here. BMA say that these weren't genuine emergencies. The NHS are saying, of course they are, come back in. It's been very, very tricky because we knew that because of the timing of the strike coinciding with intense winter pressures, it was always going to happen that some hostels were going to say, we can't cope, we need some doctors back in here. But the evidence we've got so far put into the public domain via the BMA is that certainly some trusts appear to have breached the protocol, not followed the rules of how you do these things. And therefore, the BMA has taken quite a bold stance by saying, sorry, we're not going to approve almost any of these. And obviously, they have been criticised for doing that. That breakdown of trust is very significant because it marks the end of a fairly cordial, supportive working arrangement between the NHS and the doctors' union. And if there are more strikes to come and, and who would bet against them, it bodes, you know, worryingly for future strikes. The health secretary has told junior doctors it's time for them to show that they are serious about reaching a pay deal, but that a 35% pay rise demand is not on the table. The historic six-day strike by junior doctors has come to an end this morning. But a survey. So, Dennis, what does happen next? Do you think there will be more strikes, and are they likely to continue? We need one or ideally both sides to move to positions that have not been in before. I think we need the, the BMA to recognise that 35% is an awful lot of money and even saying we'll take that over a few years isn't going to do it. To be fair to them, what they say is that they want what they call a credible offer from the government. They've had 8.8% for this year, 23-24. The most recent talks with Victoria Atkins before Christmas led to the addition of an extra 3% on top of that. The BMA representative said that's not enough for us to take back to our members and put them in a ballot. So Victoria Atkins, the government, and in reality Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt need to sign this off, need to say we're going to give you probably quite a lot more than that so that the BMA junior doctors can go back to the membership and say what about this and then let's test that. They both need to, to jump together and give up their very fixed position at the moment if they want to get this settled. So what do you think will change the government's strategy here? I can't work out the government's position at all. 
I can't understand why, for example, you offer consultants who are already more highly paid more money than the junior doctors are getting, even though the junior doctors are less well paid. I can't understand why you can tolerate hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of appointments. Now, it's 1.2, 1.3 million appointments already over the course of the last year being cancelled and the huge disruption to the NHS. Do ministers not care about that? And in the meantime, these strikes will continue. And there's also been a breakdown of trust with the NHS, the employers of these junior doctors. Do you think that it will now become more difficult for them to be supported by their colleagues? If the BMA has a third junior doctor's ballot and gets another ringing endorsement for another six months of strike action, I think we might see serious tensions opening up there in public that have been largely private so far. But I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, and let's hope this doesn't happen, but if the junior doctors do another ballot and strike again but up until it would be the end of August, then I think tempers would start to flare, particularly within the medical workforce between junior doctors and consultant doctors. And if they carry on, what about support among the general public? I think it's hard to predict that far ahead, but we have had, you know, 10 months of junior doctor strikes and public opinion hasn't shifted against them. Public opinion seems to be remarkably understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. There's no reason to think that's going to run anytime soon. We haven't had any major crises or scandals or failures of treatment or you know, patient deaths as a direct result of this that we know about. I think if, if there had been something like that, heaven forfend, that might have, you know, changed the public mood. But at the moment, the public seem remarkably understanding of why a key group of NHS staff are doing what they're doing. Coming up, could the junior doctor strike keep going all of this year? Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. 
Dennis, if the strikes keep going on, at some point, do they not become a problem that stretches beyond the Tories' time in power? Because if we believe the polls and they do lose the next general election and Labour do win, then the doctors become a headache for Keir Starmer and for Labour. And if that is the case, is there any indication of how a new government would resolve this? So there's a serious prospect that this could become an almost never-ending strike, going from the current Conservative administration to potential future Labour administration. Labour so far, through Keir Starmer and particularly through West Streeting, the Shadow Health Secretary, have been you know, consistent in their criticism of the government's handling of this dispute. But they have not set out clearly what they would do differently. West Streeting has said that 35% is too much, or certainly too much in one go, which obviously that's hardly controversial. Would you agree to the demands of the junior doctors? I've been honest with the junior doctors that 35% pay increase is not something, given the state that the Conservatives have left the public finances in, that I would be able to uh, deliver. And... He has signed a more supportive and sympathetic and understanding towards the junior doctors. He's talked about how he understands their desire to remedy this, you know, significant erosion over time in, in their pay, but that resolving that would be a journey, not an event. You know, something that would take time. And what I've said is that the, the fundamental point they're making, that pay hasn't kept up in line with inflation, is a fair argument. And I think, if, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but if I was West Streeting as health secretary, I would say to the junior doctors, we will fix this over the term of a, of a Labour government. And I suspect in the current mood that, that might help them. But let's hope that it's resolved before that and, and it's all over soon. <laughs> and what about the impact on patients who come into hospital? For example, on how long they might have to wait before seeing a doctor? The funny thing is that there's been so much disruption now for the last 13 months, first of all by nurses, then by ambulance staff, then by physiotherapists, then by radiographers, then by junior doctors, then by consultants. Those groups have all reached an agreement of some sort, some of them willingly, some unwillingly, like the nurses, to accept the pay deal on offer. The junior doctors at the moment are the only ones left actively striking and there is no reason they're going to end their action anytime soon. How much longer are you prepared to strike for? How much longer do you expect to strike? So we're currently planning our third ballot, so that will extend our mandate for another six months. But junior doctors, I mean, they've come out in their numbers. Our most recent ballot had 7,000 more responses than the first one, which was record-breaking. And we're expecting our next ballot to have even more responses. I think junior doctors have demonstrated that they're happy to continue striking. They realise this is a cause that if it isn't resolved by the government coming to the table and restoring our pay over a number of years, all it will mean is that they are going to seek out other avenues because, you know, we are skilled in our field of work and there are many fields that would appreciate the skills that we have or many countries that are asking or advertising for doctors from here. We've had a few rallies and demos in London, actually, and we've seen recruiters from Australia specifically circle the demo or the rally with advertising their roles that they have there. So they've said, you know, you can work there for 35 hours a week compared to our 48 and you're getting paid 55,000. And whereas the starting salary here, I mean, it's just gone up to 33,000. And the quality of life there is so much better that I'm not surprised my colleagues are going there. I mean, Dr Sumi, you sound very determined and that you've still got some fire in your belly, but are you tempted to leave the NHS? Are you tempted to go abroad? Have you considered it? I've looked into it myself. I mean, it's really difficult not to when you see these adverts at demos. We get targeted ads, so I'm bombarded with adverts from Australia pretty much every day. And 
I guess the biggest advert for me is seeing on social media my friends who have gone abroad. Last week, two of my friends that I trained with in London went to Australia. I've had friends go to New Zealand and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from them is things could be so much better. I am more shocked now when people decide to stay here for training than I am when people go abroad. There's a new phenomenon that sort of developed over the last few years where people want to finish their training here and then leave. So that's a really worrying trend because consultants who are the most senior doctors in hospitals, if we don't have those expert doctors in hospitals and because we're training doctors and they're just leaving as soon as they become a consultant, that is going to cause a huge drop in the health of this country. That was Dr Sumi Manirajan and The Guardian's health policy editor, Dennis Campbell. My thanks to both of them. To read more about this story and Dennis's reporting and analysis on the doctor strike, do head to theguardian.com. That's it for today. I'm Nasheen Iqbal and the producers were Sami Kent and Anissa Ahmed. Sound design was by Adam Bransbury. The executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.